Hey everyone, you're listening to The Belated Box Office, the movie review podcast where we discover and revisit blockbuster classics new and old. Belated Box Office is presented by the Force to Be Social Network and is hosted by Jeff Young and Pat Fitzgerald. Our theme song was composed by Leith Fortin. Thanks for listening and please enjoy. Episode 5 of the Force to Be Social podcast. We're doing a movie review for Terminator 2, directed by James Cameron. And it was an absolute fucking blast to watch this movie again. Take a trip down Nostalgia Lane. I'm joined again by Pat. Hello. Yeah, it's... Uh, We're here. We, Episode 5, we made it. We made it back, baby. We're good to go. Uh, all I can say is, is what an adventure. Again, what a trip down memory lane. That movie was... It was so fun to watch, and watching it again after having not, you know, having not seen it in years, it was really cool to just kind of like look for all the smaller things in the film and some of the things where you're like, "Oh, that was that was interesting. That was an interesting choice of scene, or how they did that." And Edward Furlong, I didn't realize how young he was in this movie. You know what I mean? Like his balls hadn't even dropped. You hear his voice squeak so many times when he's trying to get his his point across, but. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. So all in all, again, I, I can't bash this movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it a full ten out of ten, Pat. So what what was your impression of watching this classic once again? It well, I thought it would be once again, but I um, I don't think I actually saw this movie before. Not as much as I thought it it was at first. I thought it's something I thought I had seen as a kid all the way through, and you know I haven't seen any of the other Terminators. Which is surprising. Not even but the original, yeah, pretty, eh? Pretty quick, yeah, pretty pretty quickly, like through the whole thing, I realized, like, yeah, I don't think I've seen like maybe ten, fifteen minutes of this, maybe twenty minutes tops, like somewhere in the middle, because it was on TBS one day when I was bored and just tuned in. Oh, okay, um, okay. So yeah, I'd have to call it definitely my uh, my first time uh, seeing it, first times uh, watching any of the Terminator films. Somehow, I went this long without seeing a single one of them. Yeah, at least and it was a good time. all the way through. It was a it was a trip, not exactly yeah. what I expected completely. Um, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, Absolutely. I thought our rating star, I thought our rating was at a three and a half stars though. Oh yeah, you're going out of, <laughs> out of ten. When I was pretty sure we decided on like a rating system of three and a half. So so that way, even if you give it a full three and a half, people are going to be like, "Is that good?" Is that, is that good I just like I just like to throw people off. Yeah, that they're like. Three and a half stars, like out of five, and you're just like, no, out of ten, no, out of three and a half, it's a perfect score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, you got to be unique in one way or another, and a three and a half star rating system is not a bad way to start. I Sorry, I forgot. To I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in just because you asked me to. So, yeah, yeah. are we recording? We are. We are. We are. You we asked are me to check, cause, yeah. so we wouldn't have to <laughs> introduce ourselves twice this time. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're uh, I'm slowly learning how to get this thing dialed in just where we want it to be for uh, for the future. 
which mm-hmm. is uh, ironic. You know, hopefully by the time we get good at this, computers can just either take over the world or at least do everything for me in this podcast. I think computers could do this podcast way better than we do. Yeah, there's, and, there's uh, no human element. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they take it out. They're better at fighting the Cold War than we are, mm-hmm. and they're better they're better at doing a podcast rambling about movies than you than you or I can do. Well, this is the whole theory, right? Is that like humans are essentially useless to machines. Mm-hmm. So the biggest threat to machines is humans. And thus we have to prevent judgment day. And here we are. Here we are talking about the movie that I think above any other Terminator movie that's been made, which is not really difficult to say about this franchise of movies, but uh, in terms of any series of movies ever made, the second one usually, in my opinion, falls very short of the original. And this one did not. I think this one was way better than the original. Um, Like, hands down, Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1. Uh, Both good uh, movies, but... It was an interesting experience watching this without having seen the first Terminator, but I, th- I think I know about, enough about the plot of Terminator. Like, it was not a sequel that I, I found myself getting lost in. I feel like there's enough out there that we could make this, uh, like, we, we barely even know what we want the premise of this to be, but I think there's enough out there that we could make it, um, like, movies that we should have seen by now. Like, how did yeah. I miss this movie? And and that was the idea, starting with Point Break. Uh, well, I guess Face Off, but I mean, like, the, the, the first movie that neither of us had seen that's like, you should have seen this movie by now, especially if you grew up in the 90s. And we, we totally missed that one. But, um, yeah. I mean, well, so, so not to digress, but uh, let's, get, let's get right into this. So, yeah, so Terminator 2, Judgment Day, is the film that we watched and we'll be talking about today. It was released in 1991 uh, by TriStar Pictures. It was directed by James Cameron. Uh, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Robert Patrick, and Edward Furlong. And was written by James Cameron and William Wisher. Yeah, it's funny because he also produced the movie as well. So he's he like did, the writer, the producer, the director. Like he's just he was a jack of all trades. He truly does set his, the bar. His fingers were all all in this pie. Yeah. Did he do the other Terminators? I don't know who to that. To that, I can't. Did he do the first one? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he did the first one. Uh, I think it would be. I don't think you'd. This isn't the kind of franchise you'd want to hand over. I'm sure he did eventually. He's just like, yeah, just put my name on it. Like, I'll throw some money at it, but somebody else can do it. Oh, Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's like, like, what, five or six of them now. I'm, I'm sure he didn't direct the later ones. Like I feel like he's uh, he's gonna find that beneath him once he gets to a certain stage. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, no, he doesn't. Like, he doesn't need to do this anymore. on being like the king of Avatar and whatnot, then yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he's gonna. I think he'd see it beneath him to like come back to do a bunch of shitty Terminator sequels. I get that. Impression. Well, they just kept like, making that, more, and more and more and more. It's hard to say. I, you know, it's funny. I caught a little bit of Terminator Three. Uh, a couple days ago on AMC or on movie time and I was watching it and I was like oh god this is so bad I'm like I wonder if I remember number two in a really good light and then after watching number three I was like I have to rewatch it just to make sure that my opinions haven't changed and I'll tell you right now my opinions did not change about Terminator 2 
much better mm-hmm. than Terminator 3. Terminator 3 was kind of a mashup of like, now we have even more technology. Let's make shit really ridiculous. Is it true that number two, like, is number two considered the only good one? I, you know what? According to critics, um, probably. It's at least the best one. So looking yeah. at IMDb right now, Terminator, well, shit, Terminator 3 was. Oh, you're fact checking? Uh, no, I'm just, oh, I wanted no. to get the synopsis out. Or a storyline, right? Just in case nobody else has seen this, but I mean, maybe we'll That's just kind of leave that there. So Terminator just 3 had 6.3 stars out of 10. It's a wacky rating system. But Terminator, the original, had 8, and Terminator 2 had 8.5. So I mean, 1 and 2 are kind of where they should have just ended it. Like, it would have been fine. It would have been great. But they, I think they just decided to milk it, because Terminator 2 was so fucking good. Uh, and, a, and a big success. Yeah, and I think people really enjoyed it, so they figured, yeah, fuck it, we'll just do... They were like Fast and the Furious before Fast and the Furious came out with, what, nine movies? Terminator's getting up there. I think there's quite a few of them. But, uh, yeah, so to get to the movie, I, lo- I loved pretty much everything about it. Uh, th- there was... There was not really much to complain about. Again, this is like a big nostalgia thing going back. So, like, I was just re-watching, and I'm like, oh, man, I remember getting so excited when they did this, like, jump off his dirt bike, or this kid around my age had a dirt bike, and he's going around and stealing money out of an ATM and going to the arcade and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, this yeah. is badass, man. So you could really identify Eddie as a kid. definitely like a, like a Bart Simpson type of character. Where it's like, that's the kid I want to be who does all the bad stuff I want to do. Yeah. So... <laughs> It was it was a really easily identifiable character, right? Like, oh man, I'm almost a teenager now. I can take care of myself, or like I'm 13. I'm an, I'm basically an adult. I think he's supposed to be playing 10 years old in this movie, which is like it's a hard like a it's. It was a hard sell. If he's supposed to be 10, pen. yeah, he's like he's like, and he's like 13 or 14, I think, when they filmed this. So when you're talking about his voice cracking and stuff, like yeah, some of the scenes where he yells, and you can definitely hear puberty setting in it's like uh having a hard time buying this kid is 10 they should have made him like 12 and uh, it would have made more sense anything about the movie uh, just make him 12 and i think it's e- a little bit easier yeah, to sell did, 12 you know, year old i think it might have just fit within the parameters of the time frame they set um because obviously sarah connor had a baby from a guy who was sent back from the future i don't know Anyways, I'm not, I don't want to get into the whole time I got travel questions thing. about that. We're <laughs> going to talk about how, like, that future guy conceiving a baby with her works. Because I got some questions. But I'm coming at it, you know, not knowing you really about, wanted, like, not having this. seen Terminator myself. I just want to kind of run by you. Th- things I know or things I think I know about the first Terminator. And you let me know okay. if I'm off base or what. So, okay. I'll answer so to the, Sarah, the best of my ability. Yeah. So, just, like... John Connor is the one in the future who's like the leader of the rebellion against the machines, right? Against Skynet. So that's why um, in the first Terminator, they sent they sent the Terminator back in time to kill Sarah Connor before John Connor was born. Yeah. Right to alter history. And then, and so Arnold was the Terminator. So like Arnold was like the villain in the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And apparently, like a uh, like a soldier from the future also came back. Mm-hmm. to like try to protect Sarah Connor. Okay, so the, the the theory behind that or the story behind that is that John Connor sent back a dude named Kyle to protect his mom from the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Which 
again, in terms of time travel, it doesn't make any sense because he ends up becoming John's father. So how right. Does, how does John so, exist in the future if his dad hasn't banged his mom yet? Right, because this in this movie, in these movies, the way like time travel works, you can change the future, right? You go to the past, you do something, it changes the future. Otherwise, what they're doing doesn't make sense. That's the idea. Yeah, that's that's because like in some movies, you got like you can't if you travel back to the past and do something, you can't change the future because you've already done it. Like you already, your future self already traveled back to the past and did whatever they were going to do. It already affected the time. So, you, so it's fixed, right? Like sequence of events I'm, are fixed. I'm, I'm, are, I'm trying to read, I'm trying to get through some philosophers from like 200 years ago. I, I'm not ready for new sci-fi philosophy on time travel. I don't um, think this is new. Like there are, there are ones that work, but you, you know what I mean? Like sometimes like time travel works usually one of two ways. Either you go back in the past, you do something it changes the timeline and there's a different future or you go back in the past you do something uh you already did it because it's in the past like if you were always going to travel back to the past and do it so oh okay so so it's that's more of a fate a fate theory right like it's gonna happen it's destined to happen so it's gonna work no matter how you go back in time or how the future there's only one way you can go back in time like i can't go back 10 years ago and change something and make things different because if I do that, I will already have gone back 10 years ago, done what I wanted to do, and that's how we got here. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay, so I got a question for you now. Just, if we're going to branch off on this, if so you, you go, go back, back in time, time so, 10 okay, years, so you go do you exist? Kill a guy, right? It yeah. doesn't change the future because that guy already was going to get killed by you going back in time. Yeah, but if you were to go like back... Like, my future it's... self already came back in time and, and killed that guy. Why didn't John so... Connor go back in time? Would that be because it doesn't work like that in these movies, right? So they make it pretty clear, like the the only reason they're doing all this stuff, like sending going back in time, sending machines back in time, is because when they do stuff, it changes the future. So if this guy goes, yeah. back, so if this guy go goes back in time, and he gets um, Sarah Connor pregnant, and she has a baby, that's a new baby that wouldn't have existed in the first timeline. So John Connor is now a different guy. Okay, all right. So, like, the John Connor who was going to end up being... Like, the baby Sarah Connor was going to have with some other guy from the 80s... Yeah. Like, doesn't get a chance to exist now, because this guy went back in time and fucked it all up. Fair. Now, if we're talking about time travel, I do want to mention just the difference in styles of Sarah Connor from number one to number two. Just a world of difference in her looks, obviously, based on the decades the movies were made in. Uh, but I, I don't think we should divulge too much on the time travel thing because we that that's a whole. No, no, I want I want to get into it. I I want answers. <laughs> I'm owed an explanation. I I can't give them to you. I don't want to have to watch I, other Terminator movies to get it. You're gonna have to watch them. Now you have to watch them. Well, it's gonna be the next like four episodes. Then are gonna be more Terminator movies. You're not that? gonna like them. You'll like no, the, you'll like the first one. You'll like the first one. I I literally I've I think I've only seen one other Terminator besides one and two all the way through um i think it was like where arnold made a cameo it wasn't good saw it in theaters you know what i mean when you used to be allowed to go outside and do stuff um yeah no let's no no i can't give you an explanation and i really don't want to make you go through the other terminator movies it's just not fair to you well it's (sighs) like i i think I've, i've seen enough to like the john like what i'm saying like 
Linda Hamilton, because the the guy went back and changed the past, Linda Hamilton had a baby with a different guy than she was going to in the original timeline. So the baby's a different baby. So this John Connor is not the same John Connor everyone's talking about. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. That's. I mean, that's kind of like if the movie's going to play by its own rules, that's how it has to work. So like it, what you're saying is basically like the theory of eugenics where it's like, oh man, I could be such a better leader if my dad was Kyle. So I'm going to send Kyle back to the past to bang my mom. I, then, I don't know that that's what it was. <laughs> well, if he's creating a new person, a new John Connor to lead the revolution in, in the sense that you'd think he would be... I don't no think is that what happens. he was doing. I don't think that's what he was doing. Well, if we're going to get into it, I'm just going to say, like, if he's sending back somebody to make a new him, you'd want to pick the person that would probably, if there okay, are so inherent again, traits... Okay, so again, I'm at a disadvantage because I didn't see... I thought, I thought it was like he sent this Kyle guy back in time to protect his mom from the Terminator. You saying he sent Kyle back in time... No, I, I mean, he's like, hey, go, hey, go, fuck my mom. So, so that it might have been like, like a, a, a byproduct. The dad to an alternate me. I, I don't go father an alternate me right I now. That's like, an order. Again, I didn't see the movie. I do, I don't think that's how it works. That can't be how it works. No, but if we're if we're getting into theories about this whole time travel thing and creating new John Connors, I mean, that's something that probably has to get brought up. I think <laughs> well, did. Is that is that what he said? Okay, so no, he sent. Let, it. Okay, here's so, the other thing. So here's, here's the, the thing. other thing. John like, Connor Kyle isn't supposed to time. exist. So you know Kyle what? goes Kyle, back this, to help Kyle him. Kyle guy's not even from the future. He he went up to uh, to Sarah Connor and was like, "Oh, your son sent me from the future," and he said that we totally have to have sex. So uh, titties out, please. I'm here to I mean, get laid from the future. I, yeah, I'm just he's imagining just like gross guy. Either that's like the greatest a, pickup line ever, or he's from the future. Either way, he's exactly. getting laid. He got laid, so it, it worked out for him. I think that's... Right. But all I'm saying is that, like, if that wasn't the intended thing, like, if, if they didn't, like, explicitly say that in the first Terminator that that's why Kyle went back to the to 1984 or whatever it was, then, like, he they, they just changed the timeline so much that Sean Connor's now a different guy, which is especially sad because, like, throughout this movie, you can tell, like, this kid's, like they're doing a lot of psychological damage to this kid just being like, yeah, your dad's a soldier from the future and you're going to grow up to defeat the machine. So we got to teach you to be a soldier from like, from like birth. Like he, his mom's the one who teaches him to like knock over ATMs and like pick locks and, and, and uh, know how you know, to, to, to load stuff. guns as you'll like, see in the, in one of the scenes there where he's like just fucking lock stock to smoke and barrels. Yeah. Like, yeah. Last round, do this. I'm getting guns guns everything. And... So his, his mom, mom trained him to be a soldier, right? So, like, yeah, they even mentioned, like, she hooked up with some that. Green Beret dude and they ran guns. And they, like, right. he and learned all that you shit. You can tell there's, like, certain points where you're, like, some of the stuff he says is, like, oh, this kid's really messed up. Like, yeah. this is really fucking with this kid. That he's basically told, this is what your destiny is. We know because there's killer machines coming from the future all the fucking time. Yeah, no wonder his uh, foster parents were so fucked up. They're just like, God, this kid's a nightmare. He thinks he's, like, some future leader against a robot army or something but man that that foster dad was like they instantly he barely had any screen time but literally the first scene he's in it's like this guy sucks he's an asshole yeah and then the second one he's in it's like oh now he got stabbed in the face and it's like oh okay well good that problem solves itself <laughs> okay i, I want to bring up that whole scene when he gets stabbed in the face so like the mom who had already been copied and uh, was on the phone and trying to convince John to come yeah. home. It was the T-1000. Yeah. Why did T-1... Why did T-1... Okay, so th this is one of the things that was blowing my mind. Why did T-1000 form a giant knife 
Like literally, it was like it was contoured and it's sharpened awesome. like a knife. Was it? Because I was like, okay, you're a machine. You're efficient. You're a killing machine. Why does it? Why does it? Why is it so necessary to use like a giant fucking you know paring knife to stab this you. dude through the face? Yeah, but then I just told you because so, it's so awesome. So here, here was my problem. I was kind of like, I just laughed. I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny that like, why wouldn't you just have like a sharp piece of steel, like a, you know, like a conical piece of steel? And then of course, when T1000 copies that cop who's like, oh, I got a full house on his coffee at the Saint Asylum. He extends like he extends one little, a small little yeah. efficient fucking metal probe right through the eye. Easy. Oh, and that yeah. guy's just like, Ugh, like he's like seizuring to death with, the, yeah. with his pointy finger through his brain yeah it just so like i get it it was really awesome effects right like so it was like really cool they were able to do stuff like that but i just i couldn't help myself but laugh that it's like why would you have a giant fucking paring knife stab a guy through the face when you could easily just like you could create any kind of fluid object like it's not efficient to make something like that is what i'm saying so that uh, the machines aren't that smart i'm not worried about skynet taking over if they have to form knife like knife hands to kill people Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still intimidating. They have to form fully full knives. Yeah. So I, I, I want to talk about. Uh, so in the first movie, and it, the time travel thing, like when they come back, it's all very similar in the way they do it. Right? There's like a lightning storm, and oh, here they come! Boom! Mm-hmm. They show up, fucking naked as the day they were born, and they've got to acquire clothing and whatever to complete their mission. Yeah. Uh, why do they have to be naked? I don't know. Maybe there's some theory that you can't bring anything with you. All right. I don't. Know. I don't. This no whole time, questions. this whole time travel thing is, is quite perplexing. It's uh, it's very difficult to wrap my head around in terms of. That's the... that's all the explanation I needed, honestly. Yeah. You can't take everything with you. No further questions. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Problem solved. <laughs> the Problem solved. Rests. Um. But yeah, so they both had two very different scenes, and like in the first one. It was really cool because like there was like the human versus the robots, like mankind versus robots. But now you've got two robots, and obviously they wanted to introduce Arnold as like the badass character, right? Like the guy, like, oh, everyone knows Arnold's badass. But I love how they kind of left it open ended for the T one thousand. It was just kind of like some cop stumbles along, and he's like, "What mm-hmm. the hell? Like this fence melted, and that's weird. And there's a giant hole in the ground. Like he just fucking came out of nowhere." And I don't remember there being a lot of, a lot to that scene. You know what I mean? That whole sequence of no, the no. cop getting his identity stolen and being turned into T-1000 and stuff like that. So I thought it was kind of cool in hindsight looking at it. It's like, oh, okay, like we really have no idea what the T-1000 is capable of until it, like the whole, until the action starts to build up, which was really cool. Because then it's like all of a sudden you're seeing all this shit that Terminator couldn't do in the first movie coming out of some liquid metal robot in the second movie and you're like whoa they did not hold back so this guy's got hook movie. hands and shit you saw the first two in order right you know what I think I saw number two first oh okay but again that would have been when I was very young because um, there's one thing it was like obviously it was lost on me because I already knew the general plot of this movie but Arnold was like the the, the bad like a bad Terminator trying to kill Sarah Connor in the first one right yeah so and, and so, you, you probably could have deduced that as well when she's escaping the insane asylum by herself and the elevator opens oh yeah he steps she, she out, out when she no. sees him she's like I, I that didn't... was that was a powerful scene because she's just like unstoppable she's just fearless until then she's like i'm gonna break out of this mental asylum i'm gonna fill, fill a syringe with like 
like uh, industrial cleaning, like, like drain cleaner, it, like yeah. stick it in this guy's neck and be like, "I'll fucking kill him! Give me the keys!" And like, yeah. And then as soon as she sees uh, the Terminator, she just breaks down, just like, "Oh no! Oh, we're all fucked!" And she's just she turns and runs the other way right towards yeah, her yeah. captors. But up, up to I mean a little bit before that, but um, the beginning of the movie, they there's this speech where it's like, uh, you know, the machine sent a Terminator back to kill John Connor and. Uh, John Connor sent a Terminator back to protect his his younger self. Yeah, and it's all just a question of who gets there first, right? It's like who gets there first, and then, um, and then uh, so we didn't know up until that one scene outside the video arcade which one of them was the good guy and which was the bad guy, right? Like it would have been it would have been a big shock probably for people who'd seen the first Terminator, like seen it in theaters. Now they're seeing Terminator two in theaters. Oh, there's Arnold. He's the he's the bad guy. Like he must be the bad robot until he, the yeah. scene where he just like he the, is there in the hallway and there's there's yeah they're in the, the hallway in the, the back he just of the pulls mall. the shotgun. He's like, get down. And, and, and that like, was oh, the coolest he's fucking the good scene. guy in this movie. Yeah, and then he shoots the other Terminator, and that big silver hole opens up in his shoulder, and you're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck kind of Terminator is this man? He's just like. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. That that whole sequence of him being liquid metal is it plays really well into a whole lot of scenes in the movie that I I really enjoyed. Um yeah, no, I, I never even really thought about that aspect because b- being, you know, younger and seeing number two first all the way through, I always just assumed Arnold was the good guy. So I think I was probably like sixteen or seventeen when I actually watched number one all the way through. And I was like, Yeah. Oh. This yeah. kinda makes more sense now. So audiences would have, uh, like, they, it would have been a, probably a big shock for a lot of people. Anyone that, that was a really point. big fan of Terminator 1 would have been like, oh, fuck, who's going to protect yeah, John? Yeah, oh, like, <laughs> but it was everything you know. I don't know if it was necessarily that scene that kind of <clears throat> necessarily gave it all the way away. Because, like, you would also assume that, like, this other guy keeps looking for John Connor too, right? So they're both looking for John. Well, I think it's it's like if if he were the bad Terminator, he would have just like blasted John Connor in the chest right there, and that's it. But he tells him to get down, and he starts shooting at the other Terminator coming for him. Yeah, I did like the fact that where it's like because Arnold's opening scene was so badass, where he walks into that biker bar and mm-hmm. he just beats the living shit out of everyone there. Yeah. And the guy's like, "Can't let you take the bike, son." He's got the shotgun. He's like, "Get off the bike, or I'll put you down." He just walks up, Here's the... steals the shotgun from him. You know, and, and the sunglasses. Me off? Yeah, okay, so yeah, I made a note, and I was just like, motherfuckers, like, Corey Hart. Like, they should have just been playing Corey Hart instead of Bad to the Bone. Yeah. Should have been Corey Hart's I Wear My Sunglasses at Night. At that point, he hasn't really learned from John Connor how to be, like, you know, how to, like, be aware of humans' emotions and stuff. You gotta think he's, like, 100%, like, just efficient machine. So why is he taking the sunglasses? It's nighttime. So even if... I think he wears sunglasses in the first one. Okay. I feel like this. I feel like the sunglasses had some sort of sort of. But uh, this is a different Terminator, right? This is not the same. It's the same it's model. Same model. But it's but... been like taken over to you know re rewired to protect John Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, that that scene really bothered me. I'm like, motherfuckers wearing sunglasses at night. I like rewinded it too. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's definitely nighttime. Like you think, get, you think that must get in the way of like his his robot vision that you see so many times and shows his vision and it like analyzes stuff and text comes up like yeah you, you can't imagine that he can do that through sunglasses it's like a pop up ad for robots they're like what the fuck are these things man get these off of me close close that out close that out 
I don't know. Yeah, that was also that one scene. Like, is is kind of like a little unrealistic that everyone's so eager to fight him because like you're not fighting a naked guy. I wouldn't fight a naked guy. Like, I'd run away. Well, I mean, nobody wins. Nobody wins when you fight a naked guy. No, but there was there was a scene where a dude ran away. He has the pool cue and he's about to attack him and he just looks at him and the girls and him yeah. are just like, ah, fuck that shit. He just literally. I mean, if it's Arnold, I'm running feet. away regardless. I'm running away if he's in a snowsuit. But like, <laughs> and he got like, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight Michael Sarah naked. Like, I, I bet. could, I, I could I, win. I bet, but I don't know, man. I bet he'd fuck you up. I feel like he's got some dark secrets. Like he's been like he spent like think? a few years in a monastery learning some dark arts or some shit. Michael Sarah, I don't think he comes off as innocent as he looks. Maybe he's the kind of guy where it's like he's either he's either like he either can't fight or he can like fight anybody. There's no in between. I mean, he did beat up all those ex boyfriends, but we digress. We digress well off the point. You know what I loved about oh, this movie though? Like, as technology gets better, obviously some things get taken away. But the opening scene in this movie where it's like the battle, you know what I mean? Like robots fighting humans and like. I fucking laughed so hard because I totally forgot they were fighting them with lasers. Because yep. I don't think in any other of the, any of the other Terminators that like going forward, they used lasers. They just used regular guns. Yeah, why didn't Arnold have lasers when he went back? I don't. I don't know. Like his hand should turn it. Like his hand should turn into a gun. Why, why are like you making it dependent on him like obtaining a, Mega Man. a gun? Mega Man is and, a prime like, example. How come he doesn't what? have? How come he doesn't have Mega Man combat abilities? Like his arm. Oh, is, exactly. That's right? exactly like, what I mean. Like his yeah. arm should be like, and like then it's a, a laser gun. That's more efficient than like, well, we'll train him to use guns, and if he goes back to 1990, then maybe he'll find a gun and enough ammo for it and use that. This yeah. is just kind of occurring to me. That's a little bit of a lapse. There's a like, few lapses. Like even T1000. Like why does he need to use firearms if he's like? barely even phased by bullets and can basically Wolverine himself back together instantly. Yeah. Why isn't he just, like, running the whole the time? The two Germans fighting with guns stab you. to watch sometimes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it yeah, it, no it makes it. the fucking movie. All all of the gun battles, all of the fucking firefights, all it, of the fighting sequences are what make this movie a classic. It does. It's cool. Like, it was cool, but, but I'm just like, and I didn't even think of it when I was watching the movie because I was like, oh, man, these gunfights are awesome. Yeah. But now, now that I'm thinking of it, now that we're talking through it, it's like, well, why, if you're if you can make a, a Terminator robot like anything, <laughs> why would you make it a guy who needs a gun? Right. And I think that was like that was one of those things that you look. I looked at now, and I'm looking at T1000. It's like, why why does this guy need guns? You know what I mean? And like, and how come he has to try to locate John Connor? Like the robots wouldn't have had that information already. You know what I mean? Like he goes into the police yeah. car. Like it was really cool because you're like, oh, okay. Like this, this Send robot him back is to exactly, smart. There's some point in the past that they know exactly where John Connor is. So send him back literally right then and there. Well, to be fair, they did it's send them like both back. Joke. They both got sent back to the same city at yeah. least, right? You'd assume it was the same city. Well, the, at the very right. least, you should know what city he's in. But like the machine should be able to do. It's kind of like that uh, Austin Powers joke. Like, if you if you have a time machine, why don't you just go back in time and kill Austin Powers when he's on the crapper or something? Like, kill him while he's taking a shit. You know, Scott, and he just loses his <laughs> shit. Like, that's just not how we operate, right? <laughs> exactly. Just put a bullet in his head. Bam. Done. You know, all these elaborate plans. Zip it. Yeah. That's the... <laughs> Sharks with lasers on their freaking heads. Yeah. 
no, I mean, that's, uh, that was one of those things, too, where obviously John Connor got put into the foster care system. Like, if the robots destroyed all of that, I don't know how, you know, that, it's, there's room for speculation on a lot of, of what happened, but obviously it would have, it would have taken away from the cinematic effects of the story in the movie, right? Yeah, like, yes, nobody wants some, to watch There were some glaring errors that we're seeing now. Each other. You're right. Nobody, nobody. If you make a movie about robots with lasers for arms shooting at each other, nobody wants to watch that. Mm-mm. Snore. Or if you make a movie where people can become avatars, like the movie Avatar, mm-hmm. just it doesn't do it for me. Make a movie about blue people fucking with their <laughs> hair or whatever that movie is. We'll get to it. Episode ten, right? That's one. I think that's when we landed on. Oh God, I hope not. I hope. We're doing Avatar I hope we forget. Home. I hope doing episode nine, we promise a different movie than every episode after that. We promise a different movie that's not Avatar. No, it's I'm a long gonna, one. I don't have. I don't have the stamina. Um, we were going to do Avatar and the Hurt Locker side by side. I think was the plan. I think I was going to watch Hurt Locker, and you were going to watch Avatar, and we were going to talk about why James Cameron's wife won the award versus James Cameron for that year's cinematography best picture award. Best uh, picture and best director. She, she oh, won she them got both. both. Yeah, he was up for them both, and she took them both from him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're right on track. That must, make, to, you, this, that this, must this, make you feel better, though, right? I don't know. This is right. On, yeah. Well, for the movie, I get as to someone watch. who reviles Avatar yeah. to know that's how it ended for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that gives me a little bit of solace. I find solace in that. Uh, that that is helpful for my mental, you know, mental health. Uh, we're right mm-hmm. on track to do this for another four hours, so I think Sweet. we should. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. Whatever happens, <laughs> happens. I, I, at this point, I got yeah, a full bottle of whiskey. Deep. I got a lot of beers upstairs. I'm not. I'm not too too worried about running over. Um, John Connor, like when he found out when he's a kid and he found out the Terminator has to do what he says. Mm-hmm. I love like the confidence that he gains. You know what I mean? Like, from being, like, especially when he's holding on to him, he's like, we gotta go get my mom, she's gonna get killed. And he's like, negative. And, he, and Arnold's holding on to him, and he's like, you can't go. He's like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he, he never he's says like, any commands. Yeah. yeah. What'd you do that for? He's like, I'm programmed to listen to your orders. Like, Alright, that's fucking pretty sweet. Yeah, but he literally just didn't do what he said a minute ago. He's like, we gotta go check on my foster parents. He's like, negative. And he's yeah. like, well, we got to go get my mom. He's like, negative. I think that's you like the, the boss of me. It's like and the, then he's like, a prime, a prime directive. He's like, because you are the boss of me. Yeah. It's like, well, you just fucking said. No, no, no. There's got to be some kind of override, right? Because eventually he does do exactly what he says, but he has to like, basically he has yeah, to eventually. override that security. Because the whole idea is like, I need to keep you alive. Your mom is whatever. Who cares? You're already born. You're going to become the leader of the army and you're more, in, you're more essential. So like you're the top priority, and he's like, "Well, you got to go wherever I go," type deal. But I loved how those guys come over to help that kid, and he's like, "Take a hike, bozos!" And like, what does he call him? <laughs> a fuck, like just like the the chirps. Oh my god, I can't remember any of them off. Wouldn't off you? The top of my head. I mean, as soon as I found out I had a if fucking you had a, futuristic if you had a robot that had your back, would you not be talking like a lot more shit? Well, once I found out I had like basically total control over his actions. Hmm. Um, yeah, especially as a kid, I probably would have done the same. But I just thought it was funny how like he gets all that confidence now, and he's just like, "Did you call moi a dipshit? Oh like, Pick God. this guy up." And then Arnold just grabs a guy by the hair, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Breaks the other guy's hand, and he almost shoots him. But somehow John Connor is able to actually move this robot, who's barely phased by gunfire, 
when John yeah. goes to push his arm, his arm's like, whoa, fuck. Can't believe I missed that guy and put two rounds yeah. into the windshield of that car. It's like, are you telling me some 10-year-old just pushed a fucking robot's arm out of the way from, like, doing his task? Like, basically what that says to me is, like, a light breeze could affect the Terminator's performance in protecting John Connor. I mean, that's... That was something that I was kind of like, all right, that's that's a little far-fetched. I, I didn't like that aspect, but... <laughs> That's that's a little far fetched, in my robots from the future movie. <laughs> I'm not having it. Okay, if if we're living in the reality that this is a real situation, a ten year old is not going to be able to push a robot's arm. That's a killer right. machine that easily, right? Yeah, that, you're right. That's what it all starts. It's got to be consistent. I'll suspend my disbelief, but you got to be consistent. I th- yeah, and I think that's that's something that James Cameron has done well in this movie, at least, right? Like he sets it up to the point where he's like. This is how how things are gonna work in this world, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's do it. And then he takes us on a fucking roller coaster, man. And I think it it really all starts off when he shoots that guard at the insane asylum there at the the psychiatric hospital. And he's just like he was told not to kill anyone. He's like, don't kill anyone, don't kill anyone. You don't have to kill people. And he just fucking blasts two rounds into the guard. The guard's like, hey, man, visiting hours are between. And he's like, before the guy even finishes his sentence, he just fucking caps him in the knee and the, like, the, the That's thigh. the one, that's, like, the one part that I'm, I'm sure I've seen. That's the one part I do remember from, like, catching on on TV when I was on TBS or whatever. That's he's like, don't kill anyone. And then, and then he just jumps, the guy's like, hey, you can't get in here. You need a visitor's pass. And, like, he instantly, just no remorse, just gets out and just, like, blasts him a couple <laughs> times in the legs. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Ow, you and fucking shot me! It's like, like he'll live. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, gets in the car. Yeah, he'll live. It's like, oh fuck! Are you kidding me, man? Like, just I love how the guy gets shot, and he's like, "You just fucking shot me!" Like it was a surprise to this Terminator. Like, yeah, I know. I pulled the gun out and shot you fucking twice. Like, of course I just shot you. Why? You... Yeah, bitch, that was on purpose. Are you stupid or are you in shock? I'm really disappointed in that character. I mean, that was his only line, man. I wonder if he ad-libbed that, and they're like, ah, we don't want to pay this guy for a scene, like a second take. Let's just let's just use it. What do you think his actual line is if that was an ad-lib? <laughs> I don't know. I, I never really thought, I never really thought past the fact like, that it ah, seems like a stupid thing to say. Ah, yeah. <laughs> the Peter Griffin. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just like, ah, fuck. You know what I mean? And then you just hear him wincing in the background. That would have been enough. But I just He's thought like, it was no, crazy. this is my big break. I'm in this Schwarzenegger movie. I'm gonna really chew the scenery. He's probably sitting in a bar right now. Well, he's probably probably dead, but <laughs> he did get shot twice. I don't. He probably got staph infection, but he's probably sitting in a bar right now. Yeah, like, if he's alive, and he's like, "You guys ever seen Terminator 2? Remember that guard that got shot twice?" And it's like, "Oh fuck, you shot me!" And they're like, "Yeah." He's like, "That was me." And everyone's like, "Great performance, cool, right?" Um, I'm gonna go over here now. He's like, "You want to buy me a drink?" They're like, "No." I have, no, we don't. I have absolutely zero interest in buying you a drink, sir. Good day. Yeah, <laughs> definitely the kind of guy who's like who's like offering pictures a lot. He's got a mug. He's like, what's up? You want a, a picture? Shot. It's like please leave us alone. <laughs> a headshot. I was in Terminator Two. I was in Terminator Two. I got that. That's the other thing, though. Is like he's like he shoots him like I think two or three times in the leg, right? Two Just times. Pop, pop, yeah. pop, pop. One in each like, leg. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, just walks away like he'll live. It's like, well, how the fuck do you know? Like, never mind that you might have hit a, an artery. Like, well, if he's in shock, like, and shock's, that's, I don't know. Shock's gonna kill you before the blood loss does when you get shot. Like, okay, so like, or what if it does get infected or something? We're we're living in this this 
James Cameron created world, right? Where obviously robots are super smart. So he shot him in non-life threatening areas. Like maybe he loses his legs. But I'm John, the John, truck, John doesn't care that this guy has like, no legs anymore. Like, like he, the Terminator's not going to know that shooting him is not going to put him into shock and he dies from shock before the ambulance shows up. You don't up. die from shock. You die from like loss of blood. Oh, you can die from shock. I don't think you can die from shock. I'm pretty sure you can die from shock. All right, we'll have this debate at a later. I'm gonna have to do some research on this. I am like 99.9. We'll put it on our, our medical. Sure, podcast you can't fucking you die from this. shock. I think shock is your body's natural response to the fact that you're probably gonna fucking die, and that mm. when you do die, you're probably in shock. But I don't think shock actually kills you unless we're talking about like shock waves. Mm. Well, you can't you can't look it up and prove me wrong. I, so I can't. I can't you can die from shock. That's why I said we're gonna. Have to, I'm gonna have to do some research. You were wrong about the Emerald, the so-called Emerald Hills and Sonic. I was, and I saw that on that stream I watched. I was like, "Fuck, it is the Green Hills, son of a bitch!" Because she ended up playing the Green Hills like, "Fuck, I don't know how many times." Because like she'd get four four levels in, and she'd have to restart. It's fucking speed runs, man. I don't have the constitution to do that. I don't have it in me to do something like that, but. Uh, yeah, no, that scene, I think that scene kind of kicked it all off. You're kind of like, okay, so he's he's taking John's orders seriously mm-hmm. now. And he's, he's like, no, I'm not killing him, whatever, fuck you. I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure that we're going to do this mission that you're sending me on that's totally unnecessary, that as a robot I understand, and my job is just to keep you alive, not you and your mom. Because mm-hmm. um, you see, like, he doesn't give a flying fuck about Sarah Connor until John does. Like, even in the scene where she bails out. He's like, oh, shit, my mom's going to go kill Miles Dyson. we got to go stop her. It's like, what? Why? Where was the Terminator when she left? Like, wasn't he just like, um, uh, she's leaving. Like, just, yeah. You know much. what I mean? He puts him through a lot of, uh, he puts he puts him through a lot of, like, danger. For someone who's, like, main priority is to keep him alive, he puts him through a lot of dangerous schemes. Like, let's go raid this government uh government lab i'm not sure if it was like a promotion for ai like oh it can be good ai can be good because look you know it can learn and then john can teach it to care or if it was kind of like a ai still doesn't give a flying fuck about you and it's it's not that smart it's just ruthless obviously it has no emotion right but it was that kind of aspect was kind of like oh that's that's neat neat to think that the terminator kind of grows because you see those scenes even when his mom's talking about it like that's the closest thing john will know to a father is this robot that tried to kill me 10 years ago (laughs) yeah that's fucking weird like you're fucking up your kid just any chance you get there yeah oh i did fucking let's just fucking microwave raise him who cares but i did love the scene where t1000 like walks through the bars you know how they like lock down the hospital and he just like and he like fucking Capri Suns right through there like Kool-Aid man but yeah. more metally and not as much drywall on the top of him um, it was fantastic because that one psychiatric dude is just like Sarah Connor's fucking nuts she is insane and all of a sudden he's like seeing these two robots from the future fight off and the look on his face he's just like uh, yeah. everything I I've, everything I was trying to convince her it wasn't real I guess it's real, and I guess I might die now from these robots. Like, well, from the future. boy, do I have egg on my face! Oops. <laughs> He's just taking everybody. notes. Like I totally misread all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. Again, so that's that whole scene. Me. That's where you really start to see like the whole like John's got some skills. Like he robs the ATM. He's kind of like a you know like this badass little rebel kid doing whatever he's got to do. 
But then you see them escaping from the hospital, and they're in the car, and he's, like, loading a shotgun and loading a handgun like they'd done this before. I'm kind of like, yeah, what the fuck did John... Like, was he six they, years old in the back? They're like, load these handguns! The cops are on us! You I think so, because, I mean? like, like, she talks about... Like, Sarah talks about... Or he talks about how he's like, my mom told me I'm supposed to be this great military leader, so she, like... I think she, it's like she shacked up with, like, veterans and, and like, other, like ex-cons and stuff who had all those yeah no no they exactly taught, they, they taught him all this stuff they make note of her like running guns with an ex-green beret guy right mm-hmm. and like you know doing these dealings arms they were arms dealers basically yeah and so it's like okay that makes sense and that's all good um but what like <laughs> the scene where they end up in the garage after the hospital they're kind of like okay we've driven far enough away he's gonna have trouble finding us but he'll probably catch up sooner or later you guys need to sleep blah 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 and like she almost smashes the chip for the Terminator. I don't even know why he lets them take it out. Like, I literally just watched the movie like four or five hours ago. I forget why the Terminator let them take the chip out. You know, that whole, like, classic, iconic you know, uh, square textured yeah. microchip. And then she tries to smash it with throwing, a hammer. Throwing, throwing it into, like, the, the smelter at the end. Yeah, uh, they, they do that. Well, they do that. He, he puts his own in when he goes down, but, like, the one from, uh, uh, Terminator 1. The right? So Terminator 1, they're like, yeah. they didn't recover anything from the scene, is what they're talking about with her, but then obviously Miles Dyson and the guys from Cyberdyne Systems, they did recover, they like, an the arm, arm and the chip, like, a partial chip and stuff like that, but it was like, I'm trying to figure out why they let her, why Terminator let her take the chip out, and then why she almost smashes it, and that's when John kind of has this moment coming too, where it's like, oh, I should probably take my 10-year-old seriously because he's right. He is going to be a great military leader one day. So maybe if... What does John says to his mom? He's just like, if I can't even get my own mom to believe in me, how am I supposed to lead an army? And she's like, oh, good point. Shit. I raised a monster. (laughs) And I'm kidding. He's only 10. Yeah. Yeah, He's a pretty intelligent 10-year-old. And he hit puberty really young, so... That was that was really strange. I couldn't get over that because yeah, I, I for sure thought he was gonna be like thirteen, but when you said he was ten, and then yeah, I, I think the indication fucked. of that is when uh, when the T one thousands in the cop car and he's like looking up when he first kills that cop and he uses the computer just to search him by name and it's like John Con- Connor comma John, oh, and okay, like yeah. ten years old flashes across the screen location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that. That was probably. Which, like, can you do that in a police computer? Like, a kid that doesn't have a record or anything? You can just find them? I think he would have been in the system because he was a foster child. And maybe he... Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Sense. No, no, they, they did bring it up. Um, when the when T-1000 shows up at his foster parents' house, they're just like, oh, what has he done now, officer? And they're like, they're not even phased by the fact that some cop comes to their door. And yeah, that's like true. looking for him. And like, but you know what, what we've seen. Yeah, this you know what kid, that, blew my mind about that is they're like, oh, some dude on a bike in a leather jacket came by looking for him too. It's like, are you not concerned about your fucking foster child? Like some beefy fucking dude with a shotgun and a saddlebag on his motorcycle yeah. comes by and like a robot is like, where's John Connor? And they're like, oh, um, I don't know. He's out. I think he's out playing with his friends. Anyway, see you later. You know later, where he's Nathan. not? not cleaning his goddamn room right now that son bitch and they're just <laughs> livid about him not cleaning his room for a month or something and hey man he got away with it and he's like well i'm just gonna take off with my my little red-headed friend with a crazy mullet 
we're going to go take from an ATM and go to the arcade. Can we just and, talk about uh, how good of a friend that kid In a couple of hours, was? you'll be dead, so can't make me clean my room when you're dead. Yeah. Can we just and talk about how good of a friend there. that kid was, though? He's like riding what around if? with John, like the red-headed mullet kid. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, let's go. And then the guy's like, he, John's stealing money. He's like, come on, man, like you got to fucking hurry up. We're going to get busted. And then when the cop comes looking for him, he immediately goes over and he tells him, he's just like, man, the cops are looking for you. You got to get out of here. And then when the cop sees John, the T-1000's chasing after John and kind of just like throwing children into, you know, arcade systems off to the side. Yeah. His friend with the mullet's just like, hey, dude, I think I saw him over there. And I feel like, based on the Terminator 3 movie I just watched accidentally, and I say that with every ounce of truth, it was accidentally. It just happened to come on. Terminators don't just, like, shove people a little bit. They, like, launch people. Launch them right into a wall, yeah. So, like, it would have been great to have a scene where you just see this kid get fucking launched through... Like an, and like snap his neck on the side of an arcade machine. <laughs> Maybe not watch the kid die, but just to have him get like completely fucked up. Because T1000's like, get out of my way. <laughs> just, you're yeah. interfering with my objectives. and like, Or like cut him in half with his giant knife hand or something like that. Or just launch him like maybe he flies through the wall and he lands in the ladies' room and some woman's like, ah, and starts like beating him with her purse. Like mall rats? <laughs> yeah. Pub. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I just, I kind of laugh because, like, they're kind of pushing people away, but then, like, other scenes you see, like, in the biker barf scene fight, or biker bar fight scene, Terminator, the lower The biker, sorry, model, the biker barf fight? The biker bar, the fight scene in the biker bar. The bar, okay. The bar that the bikers Not are in where there's a fight scene. Anyways, yeah, this is going to get sloppy. Um, no, he launches that fucking dude through the, the serving window, throws him right onto the the lit stove which is weird because there was no I didn't see any pots and pans like he just threw this guy onto a stove and for some reason that just... doesn't seem like the kind of place that has like a menu for food but why do you have the burners on if you're not cooking anything yeah no it doesn't make sense because <laughs> he's like, not, like that's he's not like knocked place. out and then he's like he wakes up and it's he's kind of like oh Jesus I'm on a it's grill like a pool hall. well it's a I don't know there's a couple a pool tables bar. I don't know yeah it's a bar with pool tables I wouldn't call it a pool hall yeah a dive bar, though. Oh yeah, no, it it wasn't like, like some upstanding citizens' bar, you know. I, you, you can't get jalapeno poppers there. Yeah. I'm saying, like, even. not the bacon wrapped kind, that's for sure. Maybe the frozen in a box ones. Those are my favorite. You ever had a bacon wrapped jalapeno popper, like a homemade one? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Really, eh? I want. I like those poppers in a box with Don't the, get me wrong. the, the poppers in a box are great. Cheddar cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're that, great. I'm a cream cheese guy. When it comes to jalapeno poppers, it's got to be cream cheese. I like cream cheese too. I lo- I I, I got to switch it up. Like I, if you if you if you like told me I had to pick one type of jalapeno popper, I'd I'd be bummed out either way. I'd have mm. to pick one. It's and not I a world I want to live in. Forever. I don't want to live in a one jalapeno popper style world. I'd probably send, my, I'd send, my, I'd send myself back to the past toys. and kill the guy that decided we're only going to have one style of jalapeno popper. Yeah, go oh, go back before he was born and kill his mom. Or I'll bang his mom and make a new him, and then he'll have there will be a thousand different jalapeno popper styles because I'll like influence yeah. him differently. Because you can tell if you're from the future, you can tell the mom whatever you want. You can just be like, your son I'm using is going to no. be like I'm using the that savior of jalapeno poppers. He's going to invent a thousand different flavors, and then when that kid's born, like they put that pressure on him, then guess what? He he grows up to do. 
just because you said like it doesn't even have to be like his fate he just like, grows he just up to, to be like edward furlong gets like a serious drug addiction and is totally broke and shit like that <laughs> there was too much pressure i couldn't become or edward furlong or the the character of john connor well john connor became a great leader fighting okay. against the machine resistance edward furlong did not suffer the same fate no i think he suffered a fate much worse yeah, I think he had some uh, some some rough years. Yeah, with some substances. Maybe he's doing good now. I don't know. Either way, he makes this movie, and he was actually one of the only reasons that uh, I ended up deciding to watch that movie, American History X. Is he the like the younger brother? In yeah, that? yeah. I wasn't gonna watch. Actually, I heard a lot of people talk about how good of a movie it was. And I was like, Edward it's Norton good, but it's Edward like a, Furlong. It's, it's a hard watch. It is. It like, is. you watch it once, and you're like, well, I'm glad I watched that. I get the point. I never need to watch that again. No. Like, no. That's... And then sometimes I thought I would want to watch it again, and then I'd watch, like, the first ten minutes, and I'm like, I really don't. I, I can't do it again. I can't. No, because you know what you got in st- what's in store for you, and you're just like, uh, no thanks. kind of ended up being, like, a Sixth Sense movie in that sense. Not to be too too redundant but like that one and then the only movie i've seen where they have like a twist ending that i've watched multiple times would be uh usual suspects mm. yeah me too but we don't I've we don't talk that. about kaiser Soze anymore no uh, he's canceled yeah yeah he deserved it yeah that's that sucks that's the thing that sucks about kevin spacey it's like there's some good work out there that it's oh, hard dude, to like now american beauty I didn't. That was one I hadn't seen until uh, my wife was just like, "Have you not seen that movie?" I'm like, "I'm pretty sure I know the references, like the garbage bag in the wind, yeah, type deal." Like, and then you know, like the whole rose petal thing. <clears throat> yeah, I I knew the references. I didn't know anything about the movie, and when I actually finally watched, it, I was like, "Oh fuck, that's a good movie." But then, yeah, you know, time played out. We learned some things about. That one, I mean, that one, like Usual Suspects, you can got, you can sort of be like, you know, whatever, it's still a good movie. But American Beauty, based on the subject matter of him, like, lusting after an underage girl, is just like, yeah, this is this is too close to the mark. Like the whole we time can't... you can just throw in other little scenes, you're like, he's just like, oh, man, this girl's beautiful, but I wish she was a boy and maybe a little bit younger. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it needs. That's, I, I think, yeah, we, we could do a spoof on that. We should almost... We should almost see if we can find video clips and just dub over them. You know, just do some little dub <laughs> there's, work. There's like a deleted scene somewhere where it's yeah. like, Kevin, you got to stop throwing that line. Can we trade out this extra, or actress for a younger boy? They're like, what? That doesn't work in the movie. He's like, no, just like to get me in the right mindset. You know, I just. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going on with you, Kevin. Let me have a few drinks and we'll, you know, maybe I'll fall over him in my dressing room. I don't know. It, things, <laughs> things will happen. Things will happen. Who knows? Know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Kevin Spacey might have been a good, you know, foster dad in this movie. Oh, he would have. hindsight, right? I mean, he's good at playing scumbags. Like, he's good at being unlikable. Yeah. Like, he can walk into any scene and be like, just like, fuck, I hate this prick. You think he gets canceled like Mel Gibson? Like, you think Kevin Spacey will come back and have a movie and everyone's going to fucking love it but still hate him? Maybe at some point. Because, like, Mel Gibson's done quite a few movies since his whole... um, uh, we'll call it a, a, an episode. unfortunate accident, yeah. Because <laughs> I loved a lot of his movies, but uh, but he's yeah, been, he's in a lot of good stuff. Oh yeah, 
yeah. There's like some stuff you get like watching. Um, oh man, was it uh, watching uh, like The Simpsons is all on Disney Plus now, so you, you yeah. go and read like older Simpsons episodes. The one with Mel Gibson in it, um, where like him and Homer become best friends, and then and then. <sighs> Mel Gibson's like, I got to take this guy to Hollywood because he's like an everyman. He can keep me grounded and stuff, right? Yeah. And there's like a joke in there as they're driving through Hollywood, like, oh, there's Robert Downey Jr. Uh, he's filming a shootout scene with the police. Oh, but I don't see any cameras. And it's kind of, it's, it's kind of <laughs> Robert weird Downey to, like, Jr. in his prime, <laughs> getting all fucked up. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is like in his prime after everything. Well, it's just I, like, I think he's in his prime ever since he. Kind of like the Iron Man, like his big return. It's Iron right? Man, yeah. No, what, what I what I was getting at is it's just weird that like the Simpsons is so old now that it like makes it's back then it makes a joke about how like Mel Gibson is like a beloved movie star and Robert Downey Jr. is like a fuck up that's like, on the wrong side of Hollywood and everything. Well, here was the thing about Mel Gibson is he was fucking fantastic in every aspect of the industry that he had a part in. Mm-hmm. Right, like he produced and directed a shit ton of fantastic films, and I'm sure he had a lot to do with like all the movies he was in. Um, he was awesome, dude. Just like I, I, every time I think of Mel Gibson, I just think Braveheart. That's my go-to for Mel Gibson. It's another one I haven't seen. You haven't seen Braveheart? It's too long. Isn't it like three and a half hours long or something? Yeah, I think or it's a little, that? little like it's maybe two forty-five. It's a oh, long one. It, it was a two VHS movie that. when it came out. When it was on TV, like the only chances I got to see it were like on TV, and it you would know be how they four, make... if you didn't have the opportunity to record and then like watch it after twenty five or thirty minutes of it, it'd recording. be like four hours long. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because you get what yeah. forty two minutes, about forty two forty three minutes per hour of TV. Exactly. Like actual and I, show I content. I wasn't doing that. No, 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 no. no. I, I would recommend downloading it and watching it. Um, that's a fit. You know, I convinced my wife and her friend one night. I turned it on. I my like the way I convinced them was perfect. But then they started watching the movie, and they're like, "That's not at all what you said it was." I'm like, "Wait I, a second, you're full of shit." I pushed it as the greatest love story ever told. There's an aspect of a love story behind it, but it's really more about fighting for Scottish independence. And there's a lot of scenes where dude get the dudes get hit in the head with hammers, and blood's just like. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's gruesome but yeah so after the first couple battle scenes they're kind of like this is not a love story I'm like no 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 you, just get, you gotta watch closer you gotta watch a little little closer and it wasn't enough to keep them entertained so I think I got through about an hour before they're like we don't want to watch this anymore and I was like fine I'm just gonna go downstairs then go watch it in my room watch it myself you guys are nerds <laughs> um, yeah I would say like it was right around that time like Arnold massive massive action hero uh, Mel Gibson, in his own right, a massive action hero. I mean, they did all the Lethal Weapons, and he had done uh, different timepieces. You know what I mean? Like, he was all over the board. As where Arnold was kind of like that classic, like let's just this whole movie is gonna be shoot the fuck out of people and destroy shit. Except for uh, Jingle All the Way, one of my favorite Christmas movies with Arnold. Is it? it well, it was. One of your favorite Christmas movies, or one of your the, favorite Christmas movies with Arnold? Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. Because I let's think that's put it just, that way. That's got to be just the one. <laughs> it's just the one, but uh, it's got Sinbad, which was fantastic. It's got Sinbad. I just love how uh, like Bill, Bill Hartman. The, yeah, the kid didn't recognize his dad dressed up as Turbo Man. The whole movie, 
he like takes it's off the like helmet a, that like literally only covers like, the side of his it, head and it only has like a yellow visor that goes down to here oh he's like oh no jamie i've got to rescue you and i thought it was like a batman style <clears throat> mask like all nope, you see is nope. like it like it's a mask that comes up to like right here and then it's a yellow visor and it's, it's okay. turbo time he does his whole fucking accent and then like when he finally takes off his helmet not only does his son realize for the first time but his wife realizes for the first time that it's you know that's their dad and husband it's like you can see his you can see his whole face you can see his whole face and he's got a very austrian accent like he's he's not blending in yeah in america in the 90s like (laughs) with a family that has no accent it's it's you i thought it was another (laughs) six foot seven austrian man that's so weird you look and sound just like my husband but you're wearing a red suit my husband doesn't own a red turbo man suit so that's yeah, gotta be so impossible can't be him but yeah sarah connor goes and uh she's uh she finds out miles dyson is is responsible for the skynet system being created and eventually becoming self-aware and, and launching nuclear missiles at russia which leads to the fall of humanity well, just like the whole nukes in general he's kind of the guy that is is, is essentially reverse engineering all of the machine parts they found from the ending of Terminator 1, right? So he's the guy in so charge. It, well, this it brings it back to the other... So in this movie, like in this timeline that's been tampered with by the Terminators already, mm-hmm. Miles Dyson is in possession of the Terminator's arm, the one from the first movie. Yeah. And yet, like you said, he's reverse engineering a lot of stuff that it will lead to the birth of Skynet. But presumably, like before they started, there's another timeline before they started tampering with it and going back in time where Miles Dyson did not have access to this arm. So I ask you again like what would he have done like do, he would have just like made Skynet on his own if he didn't have access to Okay, this, so you're coming back to the whole like they've because they've already gone back in time and done this stuff in the future that mm-hmm. nothing's really changed, maybe just a very minor change or a new timeline is created in which uh, said information is not present. Yeah, it can't be like it can't be that right. It can't be that 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 uh, like the time travel's already taken effect and and like that it's. Um, I'm sure there's like some science nerd who knows the ter- the terms for this stuff, who's like probably like, going to yell at us. Like, so here, here's here's the, here's the thing. Here. So maybe like the okay. So besides line... the first one, so the second one for in terms of time travel. I can totally see it being like things aren't going to change. John would survive, or John was going to survive, but their first attempt failed. And I'm already losing it because it gets really complicated. Maybe they just sent him there to give him better odds, or make like just it was kind of like these two robots are going to fight and kill each other. Nothing's Mm going to change. Kind of like in the first one, like these two guys are going to fight each other. Nothing's going to change. That's the thing. Like if if it's like a situation where. Like you can't alter the past by going back to the past because anything you're gonna do already happened. When you time travel, you've already done any anything you've got, you're gonna do. You've already done. Yeah. And in your the, timeline, the whole... so if you go back in time, you've already gone back in time. Is what you're saying? Exactly. It's yeah. already happened. So you can't go back in time and do something that you haven't already done because you always will have done it. So everything the Terminator's doing is a waste of fucking time in these movies. If so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I guess in that sense, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, maybe it was just that was the fate, right? 
these were the the preemptive battles they tried and still lost, and but they're still trying to go back. Yeah, and so I mean, it just raises that. the question for me. Like this, this is one you could say, well, Dyson was going to come to this conclusion, make Skynet anyway, which is a big stretch, but like not out so, of the question. So maybe the stretch more or less is is that it was faster now that they had this information. Mm-hmm. The robots were able to take control sooner because they had the technology and they're trying to reverse engineer it, and all of a sudden they accidentally create this AI that became Skynet. That's the most you can do, right? Like that's... I would assume. I would assume that's the most reasonable explanation in terms of this time travel things. It gets really sticky with time travel. I, I, I'd venture to say it's the least unreasonable explanation. Yeah. I think there's a big difference there. Yeah, so to maybe it, the maybe it took, maybe it took them... Kind of generous. Maybe the robots did it on purpose, right? Maybe, like, if we send this guy back, we know he's going to lose, and we're still going to have to fight this battle, but they're going to have that technology now, and so we can take over sooner, and maybe John won't be ready for the leadership. Boom. Mm -hmm. Mind blown. Right? Maybe that's the case. Maybe they they do this on purpose to give the technology to the people. But at that time, if you're able to send back multiple robots, why aren't you sending back oh, robot you send armies? Terminator back so that Dyson would get his hands on it and create Skynet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so this like, is getting, then this is getting fucked. I can't, it gets, like, it gets is, complicated. It gets very. This is why I'm saying the time travel thing is. Right the, I think the like, time travel thing in this sense is just kind of like just accept it, just just understand that they travel back in time. Don't think about it too much. It's not a thing. Don't even worry about it. You know what I mean? Like they have time travel, but it's limited, and they they can only do it once every ten years, apparently. Like, well, just let's fuck be up. honest. If if we're not supposed to think about it too much, then why why the fuck are we doing a podcast about it? Well, no. What I I'm saying is, was, when the movie was made, I th- I thought that's why we showed up here today. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not a astrophysicist or a fucking time traveler. So you're uh, not. Well, you won't. I would never tell you. Anyways, I can, I might ruin the future. Because mm. I'm of a, I'm of a different theory of time travel and how that works out. Because just I would... uh, can you just as long as you can just like tell me what day I die. Uh, yeah, that would take the oh, fun well, out of it. Like so like I'm coming out there in a couple months, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. You know. <laughs> it was me. Stab. Haha, <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> Oh, why? <laughs> I had a feeling it was today. I'm so glad that you could read the future. <laughs> Thank you for time traveling to kill me. I feel special. At least you'd go out feeling like you had something. I must have been someone important. That's yeah. my takeaway. Yeah. So, so Sarah Connor shows up, tries to kill Dyson. Yeah. Uh, but stops herself, right? Just has a breakdown. Um... No, she's no. She doesn't really stop herself. She pretty much does. She like she first she light like from outside in the bushes or whatever. She just lights the whole house up with uh with like an LMG or something. I think uh, I think it, I think this is just classic action films. I think it was just like a thirty round clip. Yeah, it was just an and uh, and she just yeah and, and her like his young sons in the house and his wife and they're they're freaking out, run away. And Sarah Connor comes in, pulls a pistol and, and shoots them. And uh, she well, he's already shot and... once at that point in time, right? Yeah, she and then shoots he... him like through the shoulder or something. Well, and like then... she like shoots him in the leg or something. And he tries to run, and then she caps him in the shoulder, and he fucking like does the whole spin yeah, around action him... thing. And she, yeah, she shoots him up real nice uh, before she decides not to actually kill him. And then and then John and the Terminator come in and stop him. And um, 
at that point, uh, Dyson and his wife are like real chill about the fact that Sarah Connor came in and tried to shoot. Like they forgive her like basically right away. Well, there was that whole scene where the turn, like he's just like, your work's going to destroy mankind. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just doing fucking. Even before that, they kind of like uh, Terminator comes in and he's uh, or like John comes in. He's like, mom, mom, you got to stop it. And then uh, Dyson's lying there, like basically dying and like trying to understand. And then John gives him like, like show him. So he cuts off his arm to show him like the robot arm. Right. Then he goes up to the little kid, like whatever his name is, Brian or something. He's like, hey, Brian, come show me your room. Like takes him out of the. Yeah. (laughs) And the mom and dad are just like pretty chill about this. Like these more strangers coming into the house. After he's just been shot in front of his family, he's like, well, I'm gonna, just going to take your son away into the next room where you can't see him. No big deal. And, uh, yeah, the mom's just like, well, uh, okay. <laughs> like, she's like, that's fine. You go well, play with the murderous with robot arm, man. Yeah, you go play with this mad that woman's child. She's freaking out, like, no, stay the fuck away from my child. Like, she's not just going to be like, yeah, go sh- Go show him your room, Brian. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe that's one of those things where she's like, uh, maybe if I say something, they're going to fucking blast us all. Like, we, we are inches away from death here. How do I play this? And maybe she just played it. That's the way they you're wanted to like play a, it. You're like a Terminator apologist in this episode. I, I, I feel for him. It's be no matter how much how much stuff I point out, it's like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm not saying that it doesn't Time make sense. Time travel is not impossible. Well, like, look at, like when we were talking about Point real. Break. Remember that scene in Point Break where the guy's like, hey, bro. I'm a, I'm a cop. I got a gun. You got a piece on your ankle, right? And the cop's like, just fucking shut up, dude. Don't fucking do anything. We don't have to do anything. And the guy's like, no, bro. This is going to happen. I'm a badass cop, and I'm in a bank robbery. I got to shoot these fools. And what happens? Both of them get shot. That guy the does. guard who was reluctant as fuck, who would have lived to see his family later on that day, was just like, I guess I have to back this guy up now, and now I have to die. So I, I I'm I'm giving it like okay. a situational awareness kind of like if she says fuck you and like tries to chase after her son is the Terminator not just like bang oh I thought she was going for John Connor so I shot her or like John's mom is just like nope you make a sudden movement I just shot the fuck out of your house like what's to stop me from shooting you all in the face right now so maybe it was kind of one of those like <clears throat> in shock not really aware of like what to do but all of a sudden just being like these people are trying to kill us maybe if we just fucking go along with what they want us to do they won't kill us I think it's more of like they were just fucking terrified like especially the mom like she's just like what the fuck I thought my husband just worked for like a computer company and now all of a sudden some woman's coming in here screaming that he's gonna be the the reason the end of the world happens I mean, the mom's not gonna. The, would she, like a mom wouldn't let her kid be like taken away by a stranger out of her sight at some point like that without like. I feel like putting up some kind of pro, like yeah. saying some kind of a protest. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. They get real complacent about it real quick, and then like Sarah Connor is just sitting there like smoke chain smoking in their kitchen as they're explaining everything. It's like. She just put like two or three bullets in the guy, but Isn't she's allowed to hang that's... out and have her cigarette. That was one of those and things like, I noticed. like, oh, do you need an ashtray? Here you go, honey. <laughs> Everyone had an ashtray in their house back then, man. That was one of those yeah. things that was, like, classic in the, the a lot of the movies that we've, we've watched lately is, like, the smoking. Just and all like, the smoking indoors that happens without anyone blinking an eye. Yeah. yeah. What a time. The good days. <laughs> we the get second a little hand is almost as good as the first. If we get a little fur- further in the movie and we get to the point where um, the all of them take Dyson and they go into that's great um, that's a whole that's I love that scene 
when they're yeah, wiring up Cyberdyne systems. That whole sequence, yes. What is it, Cyberdyne? Is that what it's called? I think it's Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they go in there. One thing that I, I noticed that was cool, like while well, they're pulling off their whole heist, um, cool or ridiculous, is is it's kind of a callback to the um, the, the little machine that John used to, to hack the ABM and figure out people's bank machine pins. Oh, to bust open the, the code same, to get in. Yeah, to get into, into a door. Yeah. Which is like Cyberdyne has like all this. It's like this like covert government uh, research lab, and the like the the security doors have the same security system as as like a common ATM. <laughs> I just found that a little. I never even really thought about that. Like and the fact that this kid, like I'm just assuming this kid's laptop must be worth like worth like thousands and thousands of dollars, and he's just lugging it around on his dirt bike like, a, like it's like nothing, millions. right? Like yeah, because back in the '90s, like I don't know, maybe computers were more simple then, and also people necessarily didn't understand computers as well in 1991 as we do now, and encryption rates yeah. were different. But uh, oh, and the hacking just, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into the mainframe. Sixteen letters. That's the password. What, like sixteen different characters? Like no, sixteen letters. I typed in. Just type any. Type 16 any sixteen letters, letters. and you win. You get. You get to hack into the Pentagon. Yeah. Well, apparently. Um, no, I, I didn't even. I didn't even make that connection. I didn't even note that. I was just kind of like, oh, well, that's just that's that's hacking. That's that's nineties hacking right there. That's. That's what hacking is. Gets a little more in, in depth in Swordfish, but I mean that's hacking as far as I know it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Terminator can, like, punch through fucking steel doors and shit. They're just like, no, 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 let's not use brute force, because it would be way faster. Let's, uh, let's do all this other shit. Well, we're going to hack with this kid's $400 Chromebook into whatever system this is. But, uh, yeah, no, I never thought about that. I think I think the reason I probably glo- glazed over in those scenes is because the whole... I knew what was coming, right? They, like, fucking set up all these drums full of gasoline I'm assuming and they're just like we're gonna torch this fucking place we're gonna blow this place up and then all the cops show up and then that whole scene with T-1000 and the helicopter and the cop cars and like the it's just an absolute shit show so that was one of those things that I, I didn't yeah the think zero about. casualties yeah he's got the big mini gun and he's like I'll take care of these cops and yeah and then he kicks the desk out back to how he asked him not to kill anybody so he's like you promised he goes uh, trust me that and was that like, scene I was telling you about he shoots up all the cop cars and like he's got the Gatling like, gun, uh, right? It got a yeah, with a big old mini gun and like a grenade launcher and blows up just like scare the cops away and then it goes into his Terminator vision and so it's human casualties zero point zero. You know what they should have and had I, is like an animal casualties. I feel like at least one animal died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> six field mice and a hedgehog. Yeah, um, there's just fucking what, Sonic's just it, lying there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's the world's greatest crossover. Could be all right. Um, yeah. Why did the uh, the casualties counter in his uh, in his AI have a decimal? Like what? Is, what would be zero point five casualties? Maybe that's how we knew he didn't kill the guy at the guard station. Like you, it's like you human casualties point zero four. He's like, that's close, but he's gonna live probably. He's got a got a sixty percent chance to live. Think that's what it is? I don't know. I think it was just kind of. I think it, again, it was just kind of like they loved the fact they could like pretend like you were looking through the robot's eyes, right? Because yeah. that was so and iconic in the first decimals. one. It was so iconic in the first one. Uh, the red eye, like especially at mm-hmm. the end when half his face is fucking torn off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did notice a lot of symbolism with the skulls, like the whole idea that like all of mankind is going to die. And so like the robot skulls look exactly like human skulls and they show these Mm -hmm. and then they show like the scene where the tanks rolling over literally a field of skulls. And I'm thinking like, I think like the opening scene, like the, one of the opening shots of the movie is like a pile of human skulls and a big, robot foot just comes down and crushes one. Yeah, there's like a robot foot that crushes one, and there's like one of those like robot tanks that's like just rolling over skulls, and I'm thinking like, did people just like put all their heads together in one area? And they're like, oh, we, if we put our heads together the robots will never defeat us, and they're just like hey, we're just going to incinerate all those people and now there's a big pile that of skulls. With one bullet and it just goes through everyone's skull in a big line. Well, I just don't understand why there's so many skulls all over the ground. Like, I get it. It's like it's all the humans are dying. It's a it's a robot war against the human civilization, but it doesn't make sense to me that like there would just be piles of skulls. Like I don't see the robots having a need to be like, oh well, let's shovel some of these skulls. Let's gather all their skulls from the rest of their skeletons and and put them all in a nice neat pile. There's there's no tribal or religious beliefs for these robots to be like, we better gather all these skulls so we can step on them for James Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a lot of symbolism with the James uh, Cameron tells you to step on a skull. You get in line. Well, yeah, yeah. If somebody came to my house, put a skull on my front step, and then stepped on it, I'd be like, "All right, man, what are we doing?" Like that's. Be like, "Hey, did James Cameron send you? What's he want?" <clears throat> and then you look up slowly in your robot vision, and it's like, identified James Cameron, and it's James Cameron at your door stepping on skulls. Like, Stop making fun of me on your podcast. <laughs> you're in my next Terminator movie, and you're gonna die first. Fuck you. I hate you. <laughs> James Cameron's going to have, like, two characters like us in his next Terminator movie that, like, die painful deaths. (laughs) Then Mel Gibson and Kevin Spacey break through my back door like, we got to save this guy. (laughs) (laughs) They're there to save you. Yeah, well, they got sent back from the past when they were still cool. From the past. (laughs) (laughs) When they they had careers. (laughs) James Cameron's like, you think you can defeat my current career with your past careers they're like our past careers are greater than your current career avatar maker and he just loses it <laughs> and they'd be right he just and smashes more skulls right. all at the walls like oh, i will break as many skulls as i have to i could see that yeah that'd be can't all right you? <laughs> yeah you can that seems like something that would happen on a tuesday too right like everybody hates tuesdays i fucking hate tuesdays <laughs> fucking acclaimed director shows up at my house and starts trying to kill me Tell him so, saved by two disgraced movie stars. You know how it goes. Like I said, a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. What are your Tuesdays like? Yeah, it's um, pretty standard. We're towards the end of the movie. This is a the T one thousand shows up uh, after a pretty long absence too. It was kind of like I had forgotten that he was the main villain of the movie because he was really out of it for a bit. But then he comes back and he's in a helicopter. And he chases them down. This is after Dyson's died. Like, Dyson dies by blowing Dyson up the... Dyson does uh, the whole heavy breathing until he can't breathe anymore. Because they want to make sure nobody can... Nobody can take, uh, like, pick up his work and finish it. That scene was pretty good. I like that scene. Where he's just, like, and breathing like the, heavy. And he's like, I don't know how much longer I can hold it. And the guy's I'm like, so get the that fuck out. Like, I, I kind of I think I kind of missed when they set up those explosives or those charges whatever it was so I was like I was like oh I, I guess they set up explosive charges at some point I missed it I missed it like I said they like lined up a bunch of like blue barrels full of gasoline I feel or like you know maybe it was generator fuel okay. maybe they had like you know spare generator I don't I don't know where they got all this shit like basically they loaded and wired the whole building full of uh... in, just in one night 
full of some sort of accelerant to it. They took out the, the two security guards that worked there and did it all in one night. Or that scene where they launched the smoke grenades and the Terminators just fucking walking through, capping all of these SWAT guys and just and, like, shooting them in the legs. masks off and stuff. Yeah, tear gasses them. He's like, oh, they're like, oh, this is the worst ever. I can't believe I got tear gassed and John only got shot in the shin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just yeah i remember that that was that was a good scene too but but then there's a big fight between them and the t-1000 at the and, uh the refinery yeah. or whatever it is there yeah and we yeah. all knew that was coming liquid nitrogen that was okay so there was that scene where the t-1000 gets blown in half <laughs> with that fucking grenade launcher mm-hmm. oh my god man that was i i still laugh at that here's a point that i have too is um like after the liquid nitrogen uh truck crashes and the T1000 is coming at them but then his metal's like getting frozen his leg gets broken down. so he breaks off his foot and then his like stump yeah. shin comes down and he just gets smaller and smaller yeah and then Schwarzenegger takes out like the shotgun or whatever he's got there he's like hasta la vista baby and yeah. he just blasts him like he shatters him now he's in one solid piece right and, but but they're in this like refinery like metal refinery where yeah. there's like all this molten metal so it's very hot so he freezes uh but then he shoots him into like blasts him into pieces and then the, the pieces all like thaw and then are able to come together mm-hmm. wouldn't wouldn't he like so you shot him into pieces doesn't that mean those smaller individual pieces are now gonna thaw quicker than the whole his whole unit would if, if you just left him as one like I think, one solid piece. I think that was one of those. Like big ice, no, like, that, one big okay. ice cube will melt slower than two small ice cubes. That's you know true. What I, mean? I, I took a, a. I bought an ice block. Went camping one time because the year before we bought ice crushed ice, like ice cubes, and, and ice cubes back. melted in like two days. But we had that ice block for like four days. I was making yeah. mixed drinks yeah. with ice on my fourth day of camping, man, with no electricity. Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I think the idea behind that scene more than anything was kind of to be like oh shit what a badass way to fucking destroy the T-1000 Catherine Bigelow would not have made that mistake when if, if she were directing this movie that's all I'm saying I I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to go from there I don't know I don't know how to respond to a, a comment yeah, like cause that because I'm, I'm right apology accepted alright I guess we'll just I guess we're just gonna leave that alone I got, I got nothing Good night, on everybody. that. everybody. Thanks for tuning I mean, in. I mean, maybe that was one of the reasons behind their divorce. She's like, you fucked up in that scene in Terminator 2. I can't you believe you fucking Terminator did so. You suck at directing. I'm going to make a movie and beat you in two, two fucking awards. Two awards. I don't know. I'm going to steal them from you in the same night. And he's like, oh, good luck. I'm making a movie about sexy blue people. And eventually it's going to be three-dimensional. She's like, you can do 3D all you want. Your movie's going to fucking suck like that one scene in Terminator 2 when you shot him into a bunch of smaller ice cubes when he would have clearly melted as slower as a bigger <laughs> ice cube. Yeah, they're having they're having shouting <laughs> matches at the dinner table about this. The kids are just crying. They're like, I wish I was John Connor. I wish my parents were more like fucking Sarah Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I want a gun run with fucking ex-Green Berets. <laughs> parents so, are weird i don't know that'd be um, <clears throat> no I, I don't know um I, again i think that whole scene in the movie was basically just kind of like it was badass and it looked like it was going to be was, the end right and of it course was like they a like, long like a, yeah a lot of action like there were a lot of like the the last like the final act is like good at like going from one action set piece to the next and keeping the action ramped up but not making it feel like too long or anything 
That was so the one thing was, yeah. I, I didn't even realize. Like when I was watching the movie, I was like, "Oh yeah, we're at this scene now. There's probably only like an hour left." I was only like forty five minutes in. This movie is like over two hours. Yep, it's a long one. So when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh yeah, we're almost near that scene where they're doing the fucking shoddy ass truck with the dog house on the back or the little fucking wooden trailer." I'm like, "That'll be coming up soon." And then another scene happened, and another scene happened. And it was kind of like I just forgot about all these fucking crazy scenes. Yeah, I just didn't like how like the T one thousand seemed for such a versatile robot seemed fairly useless. But of course, you know, like, gunshots like, hurt like, like held him back so much he'd be con for you, and you'd shoot him with a gun and he'd just be like, "Whoa, here I come, real slow, still coming for you, nice and slow." Like, let me just fuse back. myself back together. Well, yeah, a lot. Like you shoot him and he gets pushed back like six feet. And then he's disoriented for a good 10 seconds, and he's like, ugh. Well, and then he keeps coming at it like a leisurely pace. He didn't do a lot of running, but... No, well, he, no, he did do a lot of running. Pace I liked when he was too. riding his motorcycle up the stairs at the Cyberdyne Systems area. He's just like, fucking quick whips, and he's just like riding up these small flights of stairs on his giant-ass cop motorcycle. And then he like leaps under the helicopter and headbutts the window open, but then he like instead yeah. of like finding a smaller hole he like smashes a head sized hole and he's like oh yeah I can turn into liquid and he's like <laughs> yeah it's and... like he forgot for a second yeah yeah there were some moments there where I'm just like couldn't he just like fucking or stab he just the dude through his finger thing right he could have extended the finger like he did to stab the cop in that other scene make a small like penny sized hole and yeah like he could have, then he could have transferred his entire self through that penny sized hole yeah all exactly. while keeping the pilot intact when the pilot's like what the fuck and that was actually I loved that scene when he's like gets he finally like molten like molten metals himself through the helicopter. He looks at the pilot's like get out, and the guy's like, uh, okay, you and got it. He just jumps out of a helicopter like whoa, boom. It's it had to be at least twenty feet. I don't know, man. I'm it like onto onto concrete, like onto uh, maybe a parking, onto the, maybe onto the grassy knoll that the cops all hid behind when Arnold was blasting their cars, but. Either way, the guy jumps out of a helicopter without any questions asked. Not kind of like, "What the fuck are you?" He's just like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump out of this helicopter because I wouldn't want to die quickly. I'd much rather jump out and and break my leg, die." Uh, it, that was. <laughs> yeah, I ain't jumping out of well, no man, fucking you, helicopter. I mean, you you just kill me. The guy just turned into liquid metal in front of you. You're you're gonna listen to what he has to say. Sounds more like a Wednesday. And if he wants you out, <laughs> then then you're getting out. Yeah. I'm not doing it, man. Like I just, I don't. I'm, I don't, I'm doing it for sure. Are you kidding me? I don't know. That, I, I'd be that, scared as fuck, but I'd just be like, well, I don't know. Like, is it worth it to get stabbed and then effect? pushed you, out? You try to talk him into landing. Just be like, listen, just lower it down. Like, just touch, just kiss the ground a little bit. I'll hop out. You go do your <clears throat> act of terrorism or whatever. I think it. it is I doing. think it depends. If I'm looking down at the ground, like, oh shit, oh uh, yeah. Yeah, that'll kill me. I might just be when he's like, get out. And I was like, uh, nope. And just fucking he's helicopter. like a couple stories up. That's not like likely to kill you. It'll hurt. It'll suck for sure. Fair. Fair. But it's not necessarily like maybe I'll, it's like a kind of like a I'll probably live type jump. Okay, I, I, I would probably jump if liquid metal came out. But if it's like 30, 40 feet where it's like, yeah, you're going to die. You're going to splat. I'd just be like, yeah, okay, and then just push the joystick. Like, fuck it. 
rather blow up in a helicopter <laughs> than get pushed out of my... If I'm going down, I'm taking the liquid metal guy with me. I, I... Oh, that would have been a great ending to the movie. <laughs> Maybe he just dies. In Hero his, cop his saves the dyers, saves the day. Get out. He's like, how about this instead? <laughs> he drives the helicopter into Cyberdyne, sets off the bombs, kills Sarah Connor, John Connor, Terminator, T-1000, Miles Dyson. Judgment Day never happens. He's he's mourned as a as a hero for his actions against the terrorists, and then it's just like nothing ever happens because everything's And then destroyed. they don't have to make any any more shitty Terminator movies after this. I think that's you know I'm gonna write a letter to James Cameron and be like I think you should remaster Terminator Two but end it this way after an hour and twenty five minutes. <laughs> this view that you're starting with James Cameron, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> if it goes anywhere, that's all I need. If, if it gets any sort of traction, it'll just be like that's 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 the goal. Um, yeah. I hope he says oh, you think you can imagine? make a better movie than me. I can be like no. Can but if you, you imagine make how movie, many listeners and viewers we'd get to this podcast if if James Cameron like publicly like decried it? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be excellent. That should be our goal. These little fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'll only listen to an acclaimed director like your wife, and then just like. <laughs> Sorry, we ex-wife. Dan Catherine Bigelow on this podcast. I'm gonna find out and, where she's been. I was sent game. from the future, and we're supposed to hook up, or the rest of humanity's gonna die. And she's like, "That seems an awful like, like how James Cameron got me to sleep with him the first time." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm the they, alternate they, James Cameron from the future. Yeah. You know? They they split up after she realized he's not actually from the future, and it was just a line. You made four fucking movies before I figured it out. You son of a bitch. Like, you crafty son of a bitch. I've been living in a hurt locker for years. And she's like, oh. Oh, well, that's good. Like, that's <laughs> and boom, that's how you get the hurt locker right there. That's... <laughs> um, Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I feel like James Cameron has done a lot of good work. I'm not. It's easier for me to sit here and say what he did wrong on movies that he really did nothing wrong on. I mean, this movie was, if we're doing our three and a half star rating, it's got to be at least three and a half stars. It was, it was fantastic, man. Um, I like the foundry scene, especially like you were saying, like, why would you shoot him into smaller ice cubes? It was cool because you're kind of like, oh, it's over. Everyone's giving each other hugs. Oh, this is fucking fantastic. You know, we, we destroyed him. We're good to go. And especially by like the Terminator standards, like when he got crushed in that hydraulic press in the first one. It's kind of like, that's it. It's over. You know, like, that was a good ending. But then when he melts back together, they're like, oh, ice didn't kill him. Let's try fire. And then they, they throw him into the, the vat, or he gets tossed into the fucking pit where they're yeah. melting all that steel. And he's just flailing around, letting out all those crazy fucking screams. I kind of laughed. It was, like, it was like, that's really overkill. Like, why does a robot feel pain? Or is he yeah, just... Yeah, he was shown to be nothing but totally stoic up till then, and then he's yeah. just like... Like, even yeah. when he gets, like, the M4, like, the, the grenade launched right into his stomach, and it blows him up, and he's just, like, here's half of his body, here's the other half, and he's just fucking head and neck, and then two parts of his torso, and he's just flailing, like a fucking wacky inflatable arm tube man. And he's just like, Arr, and he's just kind of like, oh, I'm trying to balance myself, and what the fuck's going on here? I mean, that was, like, that... To me, as a kid, that was hilarious. I thought that was the funniest shit I'd ever seen. I was like, Jesus, man, this guy got fucked up. But then the difference between T-1000 going into the molten metal and the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character going into the molten metal. Yeah, like he didn't make day. a peep. 
No, he didn't. He literally, as soon as his fuck, but just before his chip melted, right? That's the whole thumbs up scene. As he's yeah. Down. Uh, fucking, that's, that's it. There's no wild flailing. There's no screaming. There's no splashing around like it's a pool. You know, it was just like... I guess that's one thing I, I could pick a part of the movie that I didn't really understand. It was kind of like, well, why is the team... Is he, like, wildly trying to flail out because he's... Like pissed he failed his mission, or is he feeling pain? Like what's going on with this robot? And at the yeah. same time, if it's such a smart metal alloy thing, if you were to melt down into a pool of, let's just say, you know, basic steel, wouldn't you still be able to like find your other metals? Like your metals were fucking thrown away, but somehow they magnetically came back together after the ice thing. So if you were to melt, I would assume that this alloy would have a, I guess, the same melting temperature as whatever I, metal they were making. I guess it's like because he's mixed in with so much other metal now and he's such a small fraction of it, he's going to get mixed up. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like, it's like you, you can throw know, he's gonna metals of, like, into molten metal. That, doors or whatever. Well, like, like different different metals have different melting temperatures, right? Like like aluminum melts much lower than I steel. mean, the answer, the answer is just because the movie would have been too long if that didn't kill him. So it, it yeah. is what it is. I yeah. Know. I mean, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, what do you do, like, spread him around the four corners of the earth, and it takes him, like, a thousand years to, like, regather his metalness, you know? Oh, you'd have to blast part of him off into space. Why isn't that the solution for all of these movies? Like, strap him to Apollo fucking 16 or something like that. Just be like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> going to the moon, bitch. Go what, the what's moon. the Terminator going to do on the moon? Is he going to be like, if or I jump at this into rate, a random I can... direction in space, let him float away, float further and further away from Earth forever. Wait, let him orbit in Earth. What are you gonna do? You're a fucking robot. You don't have, you know, you're, you're gonna orbit Earth. And you're like, oh man, this sucks. There's John <laughs> Just Connor. Like you can be cognizant. There's John the Connor. You're orbiting Earth. There's John Connor. Every time you circle the Earth, you're like, oh, there, there he is, is again. <laughs> Some bitch. That's the guy that's oh, there. Oh, he's getting laid. And now I'm, st- I'm stuck up here just orbiting. He's probably telling like, some chick he's from the future and she's got to sleep with him, that son of a bitch. You know? <laughs> That's how it works. That's um, how we got into this mess, is robots. He, like, says hi to satellites, and the satellites, like, fucking say hi back somehow or some shit. I don't know. Here's something about the movie that kind of surprised me, is, like, knowing, like, hearing, like, quotes from the Terminator movies and stuff, you always hear, I'll be back. And you always hear, hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. And those both originated from this movie, from Terminator 2. Yeah. Which uh, was kind of surprising to me. I just found it surprising. Like, oh, those. so those are like what we know the Terminator for, but they're not even in the first Terminator movie. I'm honestly trying to think if fucking Arnold says anything in the first Terminator movie. I'm literally just trying. Like, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't even know if he says anything. Is it, like, early enough in his career that it's, like, before, you know, before he'd be getting speaking roles because of his accent kind of thing? I think he got the role in the first one because of his physique, obviously, and that's how he's maintained right. a lot of his he, roles, right? He's a because he didn't fucking have world-class bodybuilder. heavy or anything. Well, he didn't have to be in the first one because mm-hmm. he was just a mindless killing robot. So I'm, I'm literally trying to think, and I, I'd check it, but we're not, we don't do that shit. We're not going to go no. online here and try to figure it out if he talks in the first one. I think that's where you get the iconic lines from. 
Yeah. Now that I think about it, when you're talking about like the audience, it's like, oh, what did what did they think when they realized that Terminator? You know, that's Arnold's, like, if, like, the that's good like guy. if Star Wars, like if they didn't say <laughs> use the Force in the first Star Wars movie, and it was like from the sequels, and the amount of people say it, you'd figure it's so iconic to Star Wars, it's got to be in the first movie, which it is. Yeah. But then the Terminator's not like that. Like Hasta La Vista, baby, and I'll be back are so iconic. Well, I just. That you, associate yeah. synonymously with a Terminator. Yeah. And it's not even in the first Terminator movie, which is, is weird to me. Well, now I'm trying to think of, like, the fucking, the big fans of the original Terminator. When they go to see Terminator 2 in theaters, like, when he's like, I need your boots, your bike, and your clothes. Like, when he does that whole scene where he's, like, about to just straight up take everything from this biker guy. I wonder if those are the first words he says. And, like, you know, there's a few guys in the theaters who are like, oh, shit, he fucking he said, said something. something. <laughs> I can just imagine the excitement when he just like he's got the gun and it's on John Connor and people are like oh the jig's up got John Connor this Terminator's got you and then he goes get down and starts firing at the T T one thousand you're like oh fuck like he's the good guy that other that other one in the cop uniform yeah. is yeah he's is trying to save him and you finally meet John Connor obviously in this movie right they they bring him in well I mean uh, okay so let's wrap it up in summary um, the movie had some flaws in terms of time travel. There were some issues. Uh, yeah, did I give a, a, did I give a fuck? Time travel, in my experience. No, but did I give a fuck because they kept it so? It was it was edge of your seat. It was always it was always bigger, badder action. It was always bigger, badder escapes. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, that whole end scene where they blow them up as ice and they melt them. It's just like, damn, dude! Like you're using all the elements. Like let's let's fucking go for it. And they really, I think they really hit it out of the park with that. And. You're right, man. This this movie had the iconic lines, and that's because this movie was the superior Terminator. Out of all the Terminators that have been made before, Terminator 2 is... We'll, we'll call it the Disney flagship of Terminators. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised James Cameron was kind of like, you want to do number 3? And they're like, mm, yeah. He's like, well, how much are you going to fucking pay me to sell the rights to this? I don't, he might have directed it. Who, who knows, right? But either way, it was just kind of like... It, it only went downhill from there. Um... It was not good. So I, I, I love this movie. Again, some flaws. Some flaws. You really, give it three and a half stars? Well, now that I think about the whole time travel thing, and that knife, when, when the, the foster mom stabs the dad, the step, foster dad with this, the knife, like turns his arm into a knife. No, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go a little more uh, conservative on that. 3.3. I'd say it's three <laughs> three point three out of five three and a half stars. Yeah, I'll I'll give a, a decimal in uh, in tune with the robot vision. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I couldn't really find anything major. You'll like, give it three point three human casualties. Yeah, I give it three. I give it three human casualties out of three and a half. Okay, all right, good film. It was. I was. I'm. I'm I was really impressed with what they were able to do in 1991. Uh, it, it couldn't have been cheap to make the movie. You know what I mean? For the time, it was uh, it was well done. And if you don't break down everything about it, and you just kind of you know, you gotta take it for what it is. A really a really good action film, all in all. Uh, the action films nowadays are a little, a little bit different. Like like if you were to try to compare this, nineteen ninety one sci-fi action film now don't forget it's, this is totally a sci-fi action film which kind of puts it as a genre of its own really um compared to what I'm thinking of as like John Wick like I, you can't you can't do the same things back in 1991 you could do in John Wick where you have like 
blood packets packed in the back of people's heads and the CGI to like literally shoot people's faces off on camera. So the action, I think, was it was a lot more. Uh, what's what's the term I'm looking for? It was, lot, it was done very gracefully. You know what I mean? Like when you don't have the effects to literally just like be blowing the fuck out of like blowing people the fuck up and like having blood and guts and everything go everywhere. You really have to work on the angles and the storytelling and stuff like that, and it worked a lot better, I think. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I would say that uh, you can't go, go wrong watching Terminator 2. We liked it. It's yeah. on record. Yeah. You have, I guess if we're going to end it, if we're going to wrap it up, the best way to do that is say uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to hit that follow button on Twitch. You can find us on YouTube under Force to Be Social. Give us a subscription there. Uh, like our videos, whatever you got to do. We're also on Twitter under the same handle. Everything's pretty easy. We tried to streamline everything, so it's it's all good. Force uh, to Be Social at gmail.com also. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to be on the show, if, you, if you'd like to be a judge on our future upcoming uh, venture here, uh, send us an email at force to be social at gmail.com. That's about hey man it's a it's a work in progress and we're gonna get there uh again thank you everybody for tuning in i'd like to thank you pat again for stopping by i know it's so much later there for you than it is here for me um so i really appreciate that and if you just want to say goodbye to everyone as well i think we can call it a night totally uh we'll figure out what our new, next episode is and we'll see you guys next time hopefully roughly a week from now so yeah. thanks for tuning in we hope to see you again all right, everybody. Take care. Have yourselves a good night and uh, enjoy some good films. Take care.